Welcome to It's a Long Road, the Ramble Series podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and with me today is a very special guest host. You might know him from the One More Round podcast that deals with the Rocky franchise, Mr. Kyle. Kyle, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing really good. Thanks for taking the invite, you know, <laughs> coming on the Ramble Series podcast with me. Of course, Kyle and I with Katie, dude, we do the Rocky series podcast together. We're having a lot of fun over there. So if you're a, I don't know, if you're listening to this podcast, you didn't realize I run a Rocky podcast. It's called One More Round, the Rocky series podcast. Check that out because Kyle's on that as well. So Kyle, before we get into your history with Rambo, the film, all that good stuff, I do have some emails. I've been very bad, very bad, Ryan. I've been, I've been so excited to do the First Blood film that I have forgotten, like, just the basics of podcasting. I've forgotten to read, like, emails. And so these poor people have been waiting. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I forgot to read this, I forgot to read this. So let's get to the emails really quick, if you don't mind uh, hanging out while I do that. Yeah, this feels just like the other podcast. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> okay. So this was from a fella named Brad, and I believe he follows me on Twitter as well, follows the account on Twitter. He says, Ryan, love the Rocky and Creed podcast. So he's a fan of you there, Kyle, as well. He goes, he never missed an episode. So excited that you're off to a great start with Ramble. He attached some pictures to answer a question that I asked regarding, is there a box set release of the Ramble series? And in fact, there is. It's a steel box 4K set of all five films. And of course, you can't see the pictures in the podcast. It is a smart looking set. So I'm going to have to look for that on Amazon. And he says here that it has both versions of Ramble 4. One of them is the director's cut, which he prefers. The only thing missing is the far superior director's cut version of Last Blood on the 4K disc, but there is a link inside to download the Last Blood's director's cut. So that's very interesting. So this this is a box set that I actually really, really want to get because Rambo Last Blood was much maligned by fans and critics. It's kind of like the Rocky Five of the Rambo series is Rambo Five, ironically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just like Rocky Five, I don't think Ramble Five is as bad as people make it out to be, but it does definitely has its flaws, like all the films do. So I was wondering if it may be a hidden gem or a diamond in the rough or something like that. I always say it's Ramble with short hair, and I think that's the problem. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's what it boils down to. I seriously. Wow, well, it could be. Yeah, I, it'd be like having Rocky yeah. with long hair. It wouldn't make sense. Like, why does he have a ponytail? Yeah, Rocky with long hair would be messed up. You have to have Rocky with short hair. Yeah, you're right. That's like the branding, I guess, or mm-hmm. the image of it. I know it threw me off, and I'm a long, you know, lifelong Ramble fan, and so it just seemed like Stallone doing an action film. And it was a good action film, like but it wasn't a great Ramble film. Either you have to keep the hair long, or for Ramble, maybe completely shave it and have a reason for doing so. You can't go just a short haircut. It's long hair or bald. There no middle ground. Yeah, like... Colonel Kurtz from Apocalypse Now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, back to the email. Oh, yeah, he suggested that I get a hold of a guy named Brian McKinney who lives in Hope, British Columbia. He helped create 
or get the Rambo statue that's there. There's a wooden statue. I don't know if you've ever seen it, Kyle. I have seen the picture in the town there in BC. Yeah, and I haven't seen the statue in person yet either. But before this podcast ends with Rambo 5, I'm going to definitely get a picture with me with that statue. I mean, it's definitely closer than Philadelphia, so I really have no excuse. I, I don't know where it is in BC. Um, is it like deep in like the interior of BC or is it kind of in the lower mainland area? Hope, British Columbia? Yeah. Boy, my geography is not great. I think it's still like south of the province. You know, it's not like it's in the north north. I think you can drive through it on your way to Alberta type thing. Like it's not that far off the beaten path if you're going to Trans-Canada. It, like, it would be like near like Kelowna type of... Like, I think so. Like yeah. kind of out there. Yeah. Okay. He goes on to say that he's probably a Rambo expert. He might be somebody to talk to. So I'll look into that, uh, Brad. I'll look into that. And he says that he's Sly's second biggest fan next to Mike Kunda. Well, I don't think we should rate fandom. That's just me. But Brad, we're all fans in our own way, in our own unique way. But thank you, Brad, for reaching out to us. And you're a top fan in your world. You're you're your number one fan of Sly, if that makes sense. So, Brad, I hope you enjoyed the show. And I I hope you've enjoyed the episodes we've released thus far. Thanks for reaching out. Sean, Sean Hall, and I don't think he listened to our Rocky podcast, so I think this guy is literally like a legit Ramble fan who stumbled on the podcast because of, the, of his Ramble fandom, because he says, I'm new to all this podcast stuff, but have yet to see much on Ramble regarding podcasts. He goes on to say that he spent 12 years in the United States Marine Corps, and every year we were trying to be Ramble in the 80s, <laughs> having only seen up to Rocky three. So he's definitely a Ramble guy, he says. So he hasn't seen all the Rocky films. He says it took him four to five hours to get through Last Blood. That's Ramble 5 because I kept rewinding the kill. So he enjoyed it. Okay, he he took a long time getting through it because he loved the killing so much. Wow. That's funny. And there's a lot of kills. There's a lot of great kills. He says his favorite Ramble is Ramble 4. He goes, the bow scene at, at the beginning is incredible. So he's been listening since day one to this podcast. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Sean. I will. If you want to send me an email. Thank you, Sean. I should let me say that better. Thank you so much, Sean, for reaching out. It's very kind. It's always nice to get emails. There's something quaint. I like emails. I don't know why, but I, I think emails are great. Yeah, I like the emails, too. And I was going to make a comment earlier with the, the box set and stuff. Mm-hmm, of course. I think if you go logically, downloading stuff and all digital has a lot of advantages, but there's just something nice about having a physical copy of the thing. And maybe that's just nostalgia. And that's the way we grew up and that's how we like it. But you're right. There is something I like something that you can hold. It's tangible. And the box set, like I said, the pictures, it looks really nice. There's something yeah, you, you can't hold a streaming service. Yeah, exactly. I love getting physical letters from people, which is like extremely rare now. Right. Because email killed that. And now email is becoming old. Right. Um, yeah, it's funny. Emails so are the old letters. It's like every time right. you get an email now, it kind of shows how far we've shifted to electronics and stuff. But good point. Yeah, I like to I like to rock an old school for sure. The email is Rambo Series Podcast all together. Rambo Series Podcast at gmail.com. Check the show description for the email. If what I just said doesn't make sense, it's there in the show description. I do have a YouTube channel. It's very small. I've only got fifteen subscribers, but I have a YouTube channel dedicated to. This podcast, because some people do listen to podcasts on YouTube. So if you're one of those people you prefer to watch on YouTube, just Google or search for It's a Long Road, the Ramble Series podcast. It does come up, and all the episodes are released there. And you can leave comments there. And one guy did, this guy named Saved for, sorry, Save for More. That's his YouTube name. 
He commented on the David Morrell interview, and he says, Dude, I'm blown away by this interview. You did such a wonderful job in the conversation with Mr. Morrell. This interview means a lot to me as a huge fan of Rambo. The novel is my favorite book, and the film is my favorite action movie. And I've watched all of his interviews, and this has been the best yet. So that's very high praise, and I really appreciate that. Again, it's not me so much as I was just able to be there when David said what he said. He was just very, well, I don't know what the word is. He just really told me a lot of stuff, and he says himself in the interview that he hasn't told anyone the stuff that he has said in that interview. So thank you for that uh, comment. Again, all the episodes are released uh, audio on the Ramble Series YouTube page. Okay, so that's there's our housekeeping. We appreciate the input from people. Kyle, what is your history with Ramble? It's much different than my history with Rocky, that's for sure. I am not nearly as knowledgeable about Rambo. I have not actually seen most of the Rambo films. The first time I saw a Rambo film was in like the real early 90s. I'd say probably about 91 or 92. And it was Rambo 2. Uh, a friend of mine just happened to have the movie at his house. Maybe he rented it or something. With Rambo 2, I feel like it helps to see the first Rambo. But it's not required. You could enjoy Rambo 2 without seeing the first one. And I really liked it. And I don't know why I never felt the need to go back and see the first one. Like, I went back to watch like the like First Blood 10, 15 years ago. Watching the scene you showed me was almost like watching it for the first time. Like, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I didn't quite remember it. But, yeah, I overall, I like Rambo. It's interesting. I'm really interested in the Vietnam War and is Rambo as a Vietnam veteran and just the experience of Vietnam veterans coming back to the United States. Unlike their fathers who came back in glory from World War II, Vietnam veterans really got the shitty end of the stick. And they were almost kind of blamed for the lack of morality of that war, for that war not going well. And I I don't think that's fair. I think these films, especially the first one, does a really good job of showing that. I think that's kind of cool. I I find those films interesting. I think I'm going to go and actually watch them all now. Well, yeah, please do. (laughs) You're going to be on again. So whether you like it or not, you're going to probably be on each season at some point. So you better watch each film. So it's up to you if you want to wait till the season comes out or just rewatch it again when you guest host as you you did with this scene. It's a series that you're not going to be bored. You're going to enjoy every film. Uh, Every film has its flaws. First Blood is the first Rocky, if that makes sense, of the Rambo films. It's the most grounded... It has the best acting, definitely has the action beat. It is an action film, but there's a drama, intense scenes. Parts two and three are like Rocky's three and four regarding it's a little bit more superhero-y, a little bit more unrealistic. You got one guy taking on the whole army. You know, it's... it's, Yeah, yeah. But it's fun. You know, you're still having fun. Oh, it's very fun. Yeah. And then Rambo 4 is your Rocky Balboa. It, it kind of makes it grounded again, and it's an older mm. aging Rambo. Back to being grounded a little bit again in reality. And then Rambo f- Last Blood, it it didn't do what the Creed's did. I, it kind of missed the mark again. It went in between the superhero-y and Rambo Part 4. It was brutal. Great action beats, but it was just, again... I think it was the aesthetics of how it looked. I think if he had stuck maybe with the longer hair, I don't know. The storyline could have been more. That's all. It's just, I don't want to spoil anything because I want you to watch it. But I liked it still. Here's the thing. I liked it. I liked it a lot. In fact, I liked it better than another Ramble film, but I'll save that for the discussion because it's not my least favorite in the series. Okay. If you remember our last episode with Katie, we uh, got to the part where 
John Ramble breaks out, he breaks out of the sheriff's department and he enters, which I love how he bursts out the door. And I love the scene when he bursts out the door and you get that musical flourish from Jerry Goldsmith. It's this triumphant, you know, he escapes jail, but we get this triumphant, he's out. And I like how it's a triumphant score more than a danger score because this guy's now been let out into the wilderness, so to speak. This is dangerous. You, you've let the dog out of the kennel. And I wanted to mention, actually, before we continue, there was a couple points from our last few episodes that I forgot to mention as we talked about it. So there's a scene, you might remember this, there's a scene at the very beginning where he was talking to that woman doing the laundry, and he's asking for his friend Delmore, and he's showing her a picture of his friend Delmore. He says, oh, look here, uh, in this picture we have Westmore and we have Bronson. Now, these names that he mentioned as part of his platoon, they were actually people from the makeup and costume department. <laughs> oh, I love stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, so Sly said they didn't write names for it. He just rattled off names from people that he remembered from the staff in the movie. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I love stuff like that. Okay, and there was also a scene in episode I did with Katie where the individual was painting there was a guy painting the police station. Galt was like, you know, keep slinging that brush with Leroy, you know, and stuff like that. Now, that painting was real. The police station was a real police station. It was being renovated at the time of filming, and they thought it would just be easier just to keep the renovations going and film around it. Oh, it makes sense. I guess it wouldn't be used as a police station during the renovations, and so you could film in there, I'm guessing. So there's a guy just painting. He's a real painter. Again, on film. <laughs> That's kind of the Stallone or Rocky theme. Yes. Right? Like, just keep it as real as possible. Like, why fake something if you could just incorporate real life into the film? Also, Sly was 164 pounds in First Blood. Yeah, pretty lean. So this is around the time he did Rocky Three, right? Yeah, he was editing Rocky Three during the filming of First Blood. Yeah. yeah and, makes and sense. So he was probably the leanest he's ever been here. And lastly... The water scene where he's getting sprayed by the hose. We figured that was real water pressure. Probably not a full, full water pressure from a fire hose, but it looked really strong in the scene. And it was so strong, in fact, that it actually blew off. It pressure washed off the uh, scar tissue makeup that was on his back. <laughs> nice. That would be pretty uncomfortable. That's for sure. And we're going to get more into what Sly kind of went through in this film regarding injuries. He just loves to injure himself in films. He's hilarious that way, but he does. He really does injure himself in films. Like, I'm guessing he did a lot of his own stunts in this movie, although I'm guessing not all of his own stunts. Well, we're going to get to a couple of them like, right now. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about some yeah. of these. Yeah. Oh, that's good. All right. So, again, listen for that musical flourish as Rambo busts through the sheriff's door and he looks around the street for a way to get out of this area or out of this town. <laughs> Him jumping over that car. He actually said that he wishes now that he didn't jump over the car like that. <laughs> he said that was a little ridiculous. He didn't have to do that. That was probably more effort than just going around it. Like, the car wasn't blocking him at all. But know. that's definitely 80s. I mean, we had the Dukes of Hazard in the 80s. Remember, they would slide over the car. Yeah. I love the people looking at him when he runs out of the station, too, because he runs out of the police station, and he has, like, a nine-inch blade on his hip. Just tucked like, by the front of his pants there, yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> Like, imagine if you're walking by a police station and someone like that with a huge knife <laughs> walks out. <laughs> Especially in a sleepy little town like this, that would be pretty terrifying. And in the book, he was naked, by the way. The character was actually, he did escape from that shower scene. He, he ran out and fought his way out naked. It looks pretty cold out there, man. I wouldn't do it. No. <laughs> of course, there's a famous scene here now where he's doing that football shuffle, ready to take this guy down on the motorcycle. 
Yeah, I guess because it's like this guy in the motorcycle, it appears to be like on his left, there's another vehicle there. So maybe it's kind of too dangerous to swerve there, but he could swerve to his right. But generally, you could almost go around him. This would be such a weird situation to be in. Like if someone came in front of your vehicle, you're like, what are they doing? <laughs> They're trying to steal the vehicle? Are they like a psychopath? What's going on? He seems to decide, okay, I'm just going to pass by him. Like, not really swerve around him, but just kind of go right beside him. I'm guessing he went with the, this guy's just a weirdo, right? Not that this guy's going to steal my bike. <laughs> yeah, option. like, he's standing in the middle of the road. You're right. Like, the motorcyclist didn't break, really. He didn't, like, swerve around. You're right. It's It was kind of an odd maneuver, the motorcycle. I'm just going to keep driving sort of right next to him just to see what happens. Well, yeah, he gets pulled off the motorcycle. And a great stunt work here. This is Sly. You can see here in the freeze frame. It's great stunt work by this yeah. guy on the bike, getting pulled off of the bike. So great stunt work with Sly and the motorcycle, because you got a motorcycle coming at you, and that's Sly there pulling the guy off the bike. So great stunt work. So you talk about stunts, that's a stunt work. That's definitely a stunt right there. Yeah, that would be hard to do. I really admire the guy on the bike. That'd be pretty dangerous to jump off. Your he looked like a like young that. kid, too. Didn't he look young to you? Yeah, for sure. I like, too, like you were going to see Rambo kind of let him down gently, too. It shows that he cares about people <laughs> that he normally wouldn't like. And the bike's still spinning, and he grabs. Just a great classic scene. And he, but you see people standing on the side of the road. These are real people from Hope BC. They're just there watching the film be made. Yeah, and I imagine that's how people would react to this scene. Like normally, you have the fight, flight, or freeze response to situations like this. You're not going to fight him. No. It doesn't look dangerous enough that you'd run away. So you'd probably just kind of stand there and be like, what on earth is going on here? Like, why is this guy doing this? Now, Sly is on the motorcycle, obviously. He said that at no point during the filming was he being towed. You know how sometimes they do that in films? They have the motorcycle attached to a, a four-wheel vehicle for filming. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Seems to me like that would, would be worse. Like, I, I'd rather have a motorcycle that I control not being towed. Like, well, it's not I feel towed, more towed. It's hard. You know, like a stationary bike? Yeah. So it's like attached oh, to... Yeah. No, it's not like, no, not like that. Sorry. That's insane. No, it's, it's like hard attached to the, to a vehicle of like a trailer or some sort. So they could put cameras right around the guy, people on the bikes. So the, no one's ever, very rarely are people riding the motorcycles in films when, especially when it's that close up sequence. But you'll notice all the sequences that you see Sly on, they're always showcasing that he's on the bike. This is a dirt bike too. This isn't really a traditional motorcycle. This isn't, this is no Harley. This is an off roading. This is a bike you take off road. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, I agree. And we're gonna, we're definitely going to see the, the capabilities of that. But what I love about Sly, he's 36. How old, are you, how old are you again, Kyle? 38. Okay, so Sly is just a couple years younger than you in this film. He's 36 in this film. It is incredible the amount of stunt work he does, the physical acting he does, the physical work he does. Sly was Tom Cruise before Tom Cruise because we know that Tom Cruise does a lot of his own stunts to his credit. But Sly was doing yeah. this and still does it to some degree. I mean, he's old, much, much, much older now, but... It's really cool that Sly was really that type of actor where he just put his body, not necessarily in danger, but he, he would challenge himself to make the film more realistic for the audience. And it's a certain level of athleticism, too. Being in shape's one thing. You can get in shape and have low body fat and have strong muscles and stuff. To have the agility and the timing and the dexterity and all that stuff to actually do the stunts, that boils down more to practice and natural ability. Mm -hmm. You could be strong in a good shape, but it doesn't mean you're necessarily capable of doing all these stunts. That's pretty impressive that you could do a lot of these things. Now, I love how Galt comes 
out of the station. Of course, rightfully angry. You know, four, five, seven police officers have been physically assaulted by Rambo. No one's been killed. But this guy has gone away from their grass. So, of course, he's pissed off. He was angry to begin with. So, you really rattled this guy's cage. He comes out and says, I'm going to get that son of a bitch. And Sheriff Teasel's like, all right, don't shoot. Which is, yeah, good advice. You're shooting a weapon. There's a lot of people standing around and driving vehicles and stuff. I would recommend not shooting as well. I'm not an expert on police procedures here, but that would be, I'm pretty sure, a big no-no. You, you generally don't fire into a crowd, <laughs> especially if the other person is running away. It's different if he had a gun and was shooting at you, and you shooting at him could potentially save your life or the life of people around you. You may want to risk shooting into the crowd, but even then, you'd have to make that decision. It'd be a tough decision. But if someone's retreating from you, there's no justification to shoot into a crowd. And even that, sorry, yeah, Sheriff Teasel even knows that. Oh, of course, yeah. Teasel, despite his kind of pushing Rambo at the beginning, and he's actually still a very solid lawman. I don't think he's a bad person. I think just in general, him and Rambo are basically almost cut from the same cloth. Two different wars. Teasel's a Korean veteran. Rambo's a Vietnam veteran. And it's almost like when you have two similar type personalities – they just don't get along. Yeah, and kind of what I was saying earlier, too, these people who came back from Korea in World War II especially, their experience was so much different than the people coming back from Vietnam. And those wars were so much different, and I think they are similar in a lot of ways, but in some ways, like, there's some resentment, I guess, on the side of the Vietnam veterans, and then there's some lack of understanding, I think, on some of the older veterans, too, because they don't get that that was a different war. Yeah, totally agree. Very complicated. Very complicated. All right, don't shoot. All right, come on. There's people down there. All right, get help. I'll go after them. Now, he's very lucky when he lifted that rifle up when the weapon went off that it didn't, like, take his head off. Yeah, or shoot someone else, or, yeah. It was just barely. That that guy should be fired. The guy who shot that gun, just doing that alone, you should get fired for that. Stand by for episode four. Five, where we'll see what happens to Galt. He doesn't get fired. <laughs> <laughs> I love this scene here of Sly slash, of course, well, I mean, John Ramble, but I love Sly's, come on, come on, get out of the way, as he's riding his motorcycle down this street of hope. Now, of course, these are actors for the film because they're stump people getting out of the way of, uh, of a motorcycle. But I love Sly, the way he yells, move out of the way, get out of the way. It's like, but it's funny, his voice, the ADR, like the after filming, they do that ADR uh, recording. It doesn't quite match what he's yelling. You'll kind of catch it where he's in a booth in a studio doing the voice work. It's not quite what he's saying on the street here. He goes, come on, move, move, get out of the way. You'll see. I feel like him going on the sidewalk too is superfluous. Like, yeah, it's unnecessary. He could have gone on the, the street. Sidewalk? I think the street might have been better. You could go faster on the street. You're less likely to hit something. Unless the cops have blocked the street and you can't go on it and you're using the sidewalk as some sort of shortcut. It seems like no purpose to go on the sidewalk. No, this is Hope. Hope Washington Police Sheriff Department. They haven't already set up roadblocks, right? <laughs> They're literally just getting out of the building. They're catching up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Catch that? How it Yeah. Okay. It almost looked like he dropped the F bomb there when he was riding on the street. He might have. Yeah. Just, uh, watch his mouth if you can see it on the, I know it's this little screen on Discord here. But watch his mouth. There's yelling, his mouth's not even moving. I love it. Watch it again. I don't know, I just love <laughs> I just love that part. Yeah, that first yell, no moving on the mouth at all. 
of course, you got to keep in mind oh. when they made these films, you know, they had no idea that they were going to be analyzed on some podcast in high definition. Yeah. To me, that didn't take away from the scene. No, 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 no. That didn't bother me. I love this film. I give it 100% uh, on Rotten Tomato if you want to give it a. I love that there's nothing wrong with this film, but there's flubs. There's just mistakes, but I love this film. In films, I find car chases in general, in most films, boring. Yeah. Especially when it just shows the cars just do impressive things, like they make certain jumps or they skid in a certain way. Like that's supposed to impress me or something. And I'm just, it is kind of impressive, but it's not that interesting. I find what makes a good car chase is if things are happening that you're not expecting to happen. Like sure. there's a sudden turn or they take some kind of shortcut that you didn't expect them to take. Or if they lose the person and then the cop suddenly comes out of nowhere. That's the kind of stuff to me makes a good suspenseful chase. I think the Jason Bourne movies had really elaborate, intricate car chases, but they were kind of boring in that way. But what I love about this chase is it's realistic in some ways. That's what I like about this chase. There's mm-hmm. a couple of jumps that are quite fun, very Dukes of Hazardy, which again is just 1982. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of really incredible stunt work. Again, no CGI, no wire work. These cars are flying over these streets. I loved this car chase. Yes, like this I is agree. a really good one. I think also what Rambo was doing, going off road and stuff like that, that's the smart thing to do. I was thinking that when he started, I'm like, get off the road. You're not going to compete with these cars on an open road like that, but your bike's made for like all terrain stuff. Do that. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah. It was very suspenseful. Like I watched, watched past the where you told me to because I kind of wanted to see what would happen with this. That's what scene. happens. That's what happens. Now, every scene you see of the motorcycle where you're – is that Sly or not? It's not, if that makes sense. So that is a stunt guy. So every close-up shot, of course, is Sly. Every time if you're wondering, is that Sly? If you're wondering if it's Sly on the motorcycle you can't quite make it out, that means it's not Sly, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I don't blame Sly for not doing that either because if I was producing this movie, I would not allow him to do most of the motorcycle scenes. Oh, there's some crazy jumps and stuff. There's no way they'll get Sly doing that. Yeah. Or even a lot of the open road stuff where you just have to go really fast and stuff. It's like, you're not wearing a helmet. This is not your area of expertise. We cannot afford for you to be in the hospital for two months. You know, the crew did have the roads shut down for a lot of these scenes, especially when they went outside of town. But there was a one instance where Sly said he almost had a head-on collision with a truck on his motorcycle. Wow. Yeah. He's like, I would have been, uh, would have been the last film that he would ever have done. It wasn't even done film. <laughs> That classic scene there of the driving through the gas station. And this gas station, of course, will have a a fun ending at the end of the film. Chevron station there. When you watch this in high def, you can just make out the stunt double's face going through there now with a high def. Uh, I'm cheering for Rambo here because he's being smart during the chase. Like He's going through areas that are very hard for cars to get through. Like I keep thinking, like this cop is crazy. This almost reminds me of the Terminator movies when the Terminator or the T-1000 is chasing them and the, they're doing all these risks with a vehicle that like a normal person would never do. This cop here is like going fast through parking lots and <laughs> jumps and stuff. Like it is, it is a very exciting scene. All right, that's fast. Look at that jump there. I love this jump. And this cop car. Look at that. Look at how much it flies in the air. 
It has like four feet of air or something. Like the suspension on that vehicle is gone. <laughs> Dukes of Hazard, man. This is such Dukes of Hazard stuff. I love it. Now, at this point here, you'll notice the musical flourish ends. So now we're just watching a car chase. They wanted to have it sound just like the people would hear as they're doing the chase. So the audience is hearing the car, the motorcycle sounds, no music. I think it's a really good effect. Yeah. That's a great scene here. So again, here's the scene with Sly, close up of Sly going around this bend of this abandoned highway or not a very traffic filled highway. It was probably this filming where they went around a bend or something. There was a truck that got through that they thought they blocked the road because he's on his bike yeah. in more of an open road area. Yeah. So again, he's not on a trailer. You can tell by the speed he's going with the hair and stuff that he's, he is riding the motorcycle that have zoomed in on him a little bit, but he's not on a tractor trailer pole for the sequence here. So you great work there. You got Sly again. I'm saying Sly because this, yeah, we know it's a character drawn Rambo, but Sly the actor, very physical performance here where you, it shows the camera work there, shows him shifting gears with his foot, and it pans up. Again, great filming there, uh, panning up, showing him riding the, riding the motorcycle. It's definitely showcasing Sly's physical performance. One thing I find interesting about Rambo here is that when he left the police station, I think if he really wanted to, he could have taken a gun or many guns. Like He is not trying to hurt or do anything to these cops. He's simply trying to get away. He could have easily taken a gun from that station and then just gone off-road like this and hid somewhere and ambushed this guy and killed him. Agreed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Which he doesn't want to do because he's not a bad person, right? Like He just basically just wants to be left alone and live in peace. He just wanted something to eat. Yeah, he just wants to get something to eat. He's he probably starving to... right now. He's hangry, so to speak. He is very hangry. Or oh, just a side note, I, I get a kick out of this, Kyle. Just so you know, Brian Dennehy, he's 44 in this film. People did look older. We talked about it in the Rocky podcast. I don't know why people look older back then. I don't know what it is. I've always pushed back against that, but I feel like I'm losing the argument the longer I, I fight against it. Sly looks his age, which isn't bad. Like He looks 35 here, but he looks good. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the life expectancy was lower, too. So it's like, you're 44, but, you know. But Brian probably... Denny didn't die until his 80s, so he actually did live to 80-something, to his credit. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Yeah. People live, like, later now, too. Like, people live in their 90s. It's not unusual anymore. That always stresses me out. That cop car runs over that boulder, just smashes the undercarriage of that car. See, if you're a kid or something watching this, that's exciting, or a teenager. But that really shows you if you're in dad mode where you're like, oh, man, the repair bill for that. <laughs> I don't know, man. Is that worth it? Like, that's going to cost so much. Like, the suspension's so expensive, and I'm not going to wreck my car doing this. <laughs> Even though, it's, to be fair, it's not that guy's car either. Right? No, Just no, the taxpayers. Police taxpayers yeah. care of it. <laughs> Now, the sequence coming up here, you'll see it. Uh, I'll just play it till it plays through. The car will flip over on its side. That was a real accident. Yeah. Was it really? It was, yeah, it was unplanned. Wow, I thought for sure that was not. 
Nope, it was unplanned. I, I was not expecting the car to flip like that. Like that to me, that really surprised me when I saw that. It surprised them too. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that was it. It wasn't that actual. I can't remember the name of that the fellow who's, who's supposed to be driving the car. Yeah. So Brian Dennehy, of course, is not behind the right. wheel during the stunt. Yeah, everything exterior shot is the stunt drivers, of course. So what we they, see him get out of the vehicle at the end. Right, they must have it must have flipped. They put him inside, and then he came out. Exactly, that's exactly what they did. So yeah, they made sure the stunt drivers okay, and like, well, we've got a flipped over car. We got it on film. So they actually had Brian then he crawl out of it. Exactly, they just used it again. That real life make it into the film. I love that shit. That's cool. Even he, look at that. <laughs> when he damaged his car there, he kind of made that like wince. Like, Every time you go over a pothole or something yeah. like that, it's even though it hurts your car, it's like you feel it inside. It almost hurts you. It hurts my wallet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great acting by Brian Dennehy there where you, you, the car bumps, you know, and then he, he goes, Arr! he kind of shakes it off in a weird way. He's not going to keep going after this guy. Another great scene here when they go into the field. Now, people who know the film will know this part. Of course, Rambo jumps at another big jump into this mushy, marshy type of farm field. And the car will do the same jump into it and skid around in the mud. Yeah, so he jumps a barbed wire fence, I guess. Like, you can't really see the – you just see the posts. I assume there's barbed wire in between them. Yeah. I know logically the car chase must continue. But to me in real life, if he made that jump, which is a big if, I don't know how many cops would drive through that fence. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yeah, see you later, Luis. So Luis has to, to bow out, but we want to say thank you to Luis for his support uh, in Discord. Yes, if, you, Luis. if you want to watch this, let me just plug this mid-episode here. Yeah, join our Discord. Every podcast episode will have the link to the Discord server, the last of the Action Heroes Discord server. Uh, again, it's a great place and time for you to talk movies and to watch these recordings live when we do the uh, Rocky and the Rambo films. I always plug, hey, we're about to go live, and you can watch it live. You don't have to wait. For the editing. I mean, granted, the editing sounds better, I think, but uh, you get to watch the raw, unedited recording. So some people like that, I guess, like Donald here. I love that horn honk because you hear the horn honk when it jumps and it actually captures horn honks. But I think that was probably real. I don't think that was after or put in afterwards. That was really the probably the stunt driver probably hit the horn when he did that jump. They kept it. I, yeah, that's what I thought as soon as I heard that. Because I'm like, it's weird. Why would he honk? But I'm like, oh, that probably just happened because he hit the steering wheel really hard. <laughs> <laughs> these stud drivers, man, these are old cars. They're probably getting jostled about in this car, man. There's Yeah, there's no airbags in that car. There's no crumple zone. <laughs> you just go through that fence and you're feeling all those uh, hits. But you know they're loving it. If you're a stunt person in films, you must love that thrill. You got to be wired that way. Yeah. You're getting paid to do like... And stuff like that. I guess you're under a lot of pressure too, but they it's, probably thrive off that. As oh, well. they must. Yeah, it's a it's a different kind of. Pre- I can't do it. I'd be too scared. I'd be going like 15 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, they're like Ryan. We really. This is a chase. I'm sorry. I don't want to hit anything. So now Rambo is going further and further into the woods, and now you. I have to keep in mind, this is now him not just getting away from the cost, but also he's going to his element. He's getting out of the urban. Yeah. He's going to the jungle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I thought for sure, I'm like, okay, he's escaped now. There's no way the cop could follow him down there.
Lester, this is Will. I'm right on his tail. He's just east of Smith's farm, headed towards Chapman Creek. Now, this is a great sequence here of Ramble flying through, again, filming sequence here, but how they're able to film this. It must have been a road or something right outside the forest area because you got Ramble going fast through the forest and they're tracking him on the, on the camera. It's a great little sequence of the trees whipping around him, but he's not getting hit. I, I don't know. It's a very well filmed sequence. So that was a real accident. Now, you know what? Now that I see that and know you said that, say you were trying to do that, right? I feel like you'd try to make it look more intense. Like You'd have the car rolling multiple times. It'd be like this glorious thing. Here, you just see like the car kind of slip and then it timidly rolls over and then honks. That makes sense now knowing that it's like, that's a legitimate accident. Yeah, it just kind of slides and flips <laughs> yeah it's not really it's not yeah. a, it's not over the top no you're absolutely right yeah, exactly it looks natural and real which makes the movie real and it just i love how now we got this they've edited and of course you know sly looking over his shoulder oh guys he's uh, of course this was filmed after the accident of course the car's already upside down so they got hey well let's film this with sly looking over his shoulder that the car is out of commission so he knows he's good to go here for a bit see this is what he should have done though when he lost the cop he should have kind of stayed there out of sight and then when the cop went to get him, he should have gone back into town. <laughs> <laughs> get the bite. No cop would be there. <laughs> it's a great little sequence where we see Ramble close up, looking over his shoulder at the car far away. And then we go back to the car and Teasel gets out of the car. And then we see Ramble kind of far away. So we're seeing both perspectives of these not enemies, but, you know, one chasing the other where they're just in frame together. Yeah, and and I think you said it well earlier. These two guys are kind of cut from the same cloth because this cop, he, like, is really going the extra mile to catch this guy. Like, he is not giving up at oh. all. Like, I'd just be like, all right, uh, he's in this general area. We're just going to surround it and send dogs in. Like, he's got to come out eventually. Yeah, for sure. That made me nervous when I saw it. Well, Sly talked about how, yeah, he did chew up his hands on those rocks doing that. I assume that was a stunt guy, though, going up on the motorcycle, right? Yeah. That freaked me out when he was going up on that steep incline and then had to fall back. Anything could happen there. Like That motorcycle could come right back on you and could kill you. I'm not sure if that was a... It must have been an intentional flip, but yeah, it it did seem like that's as far as the bike's going to go, and it the stunt guy just gets rid of the bike the way he gets rid of it. it. It's not, it's, it's a pretty dangerous stunt throwing the bike the way he did in front of him. Honestly, to me, that's probably the most dangerous one I've seen so far. Of course, we got the sequence now for our listeners of Teasel trying to chase Ramble a little bit up the rocks that Ramble's run up with the water. Yeah. Teasel ain't going to win a foot chase. No, that's for sure. I'm guessing he's just trying to get some high ground to see what happened where he's heading. Yeah, good call. I know you can hear me! You're finished! You've gone as far as you're gonna go! You hear me? 
now this is the first time the music has kicked back in. This whole time, we've had no music. Now, Teasel knows this area. You have to keep in mind, Teasel has hunted in these forests since he's a kid, so he knows this area very well. Almost all police chases end up with the guy getting caught in actuality. It is pretty hard to run away from the police like that. Like, I know some people do escape, but the odds are really against you once they start getting dogs and helicopters and, like, other units, and they still encircle you. Like, it usually is just a matter of time. They don't know who they're dealing with. This is, like, a, uh, this guy. I don't know. What, what was he in Vietnam? Was he, like, a Green Beret or? Green Beret, yeah. This guy is, has skills that normal people don't, and they, they must recognize that already. But, yeah, I, I guess it's also good psychological warfare to kind of demoralize him. Maybe make it so he, like, there's a small chance where he might give up. Obviously, he won't, but they don't know that. And Teasel also knows that the elements are against him. It's going to get night and cold soon. He's not clothed very properly. So he also has that in his mind, like, you know, you're out there in the cold, and you're going to, we'll find you because you're going to be hypothermia, maybe. You're going to slow down. Like, he has water there he can drink, but no real food. There's probably not a lot of vegetation you can eat there, and hunting something won't be that useful because you won't be able to cook it or do anything with it does hunt later you probably forget he, he kills a wild pig in the film he, he like cooks it over the fire and eats it yeah it's like <laughs> oh, yeah well shit i guess i was wrong on that one <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a funny scene like he's only been gone for like 12 hours i gotta eat a whole pig well i, I should save that discussion for the <laughs> anyway so what he's done now so they found this junk this is really interesting again this is real life being put into the film this was not written for the film in the sense of stumbling across this junkyard in the middle of the forest which i find just fascinating this was 40 years ago and this junk is already old when this was film was made there's a broken down truck we're about to see you'll see him grab this little cord here off the side of this whatever shelter or something steel uh rig and they put that the costume department did put that there but he's going to pull up a canvas that was on the ground and this canvas it's very famous. He puts it on for warmth and to help protect from the rain and the elements. It's to help trap his body heat. I'm not sure, too sure how much it really does, but it's a, it's a real canvas they found here at the junk pile. And Stallone, to this day, still has that canvas. He says it's one of his most prized possessions ever. Nice. Yeah, I'm trying, I was trying to figure out how old that truck was. It's probably like 20 or 30 years old. It's just been out there for a while. One thing, I, I didn't know this about the 70s and 80s as much, but like from what my parents are telling me, it was way more of a throwaway culture there. Cars were intentionally not built to last. People used stuff and got rid of it more readily. You didn't keep things as long, so that rig might not be as old as you would think it would be. Oh, fair. Okay, good to know. So you can see that, you know, we're seeing that he's cold and he's like, I got to find something to cover my, and then he's going to find the canvas. It doesn't help that he has like no body fat too. Yeah. He's got like 2% maybe. So he's probably like, actually really cold. <laughs> well, Sly did say that, yes, it was freezing. It's uh, Pacific Northwest weather and you, there's scenes where you see the breath coming off the actors or the real life breath. Uh, so it's, it's cold enough that you're seeing the breath on camera. So it's probably three to four, two to probably zero to five degrees easily. Yeah, and you're not supposed to have 2% body fat. No. I guess a human being, like, you're supposed to have a bit more, and that's one of the reasons. <laughs> it helps keep you warm. 
So here's this old truck here. This actually might be something I could put on Reddit. Reddit's really good about this, name this vehicle. I'm going to do this. I'm going to screenshot this picture and put it on Reddit, what is this vehicle? And somebody will tell us. I'll have that for the next episode. Yeah, someone will tell you. Yeah, it's amazing. Sure. It's amazing. I love that yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> But what I find interesting too, and I, I do this all the time when I see abandoned huts or houses on, on the highway or cars or junk. There was a time that somebody bought this. This was their mode of transportation. There's memories were made in this vehicle. And now it's just here. Like I find that very interesting that there's a journey this vehicle had and now it's over. And I just find that history interesting. Like what was the journey? Who was the last person to drive it? Why was it placed here? Who placed it there? When was that decision made? All these things I find interesting. Same. Yeah, I agree. I love that with the old houses too. My house was built in like 1954. I'm curious about all the family or people who've lived in this yeah. house before I did. Because there's a time that it was their older dreams were in that one house. You know, oh, this is our house, honey. We're here. And now it's empty and falling apart. It's weird. Oh, I live there. How disappointing for them. <laughs> <laughs> He's not happy with what he found in the truck. Nothing there. So then he goes through the other side to look. Yeah, he, well, he's weird? looking at he's looking at where the gas pedal and the brake are. Maybe it's something he didn't see there. I'm feeling discouraged. Oh, he's got, he's like, There's yeah. got to be something. There's got to be something. <gasps> What's this? It's like perfect. <laughs> a canvas. I wonder if when the adrenaline wears off too, it dawns on you that you're in a police chase. Oh yeah, yeah. He's definitely that, that's what I like. They're showing that he's cold now. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of wearing off. The reality's setting in. The weather's setting in for sure. Yeah. So we'll see Sly do one cut into the canvas, but that was all that was filmed. The rest of it was done by the costume department because he said there was only – this is all they had. So he had to leave it to the costume designers to do the rest of the real cutting. But this is the real canvas they found, and then they gave it to the costume designers to fix it for him to wear. Now, you'll see here, Kyle, the guy with the nose bandage on his nose. This actor had his nose broken in real life by Sly when during that police chase or police exit from the police station. His nose was broken by Sly's uh, elbow to the face. I hope he got some uh, some extra money for that. Unlikely. But he could always be the, hey, Sly yeah. broke my nose in first blood. He's that guy. Yeah. You can't, you, that's, <laughs> the buddy can't buy that kind of notoriety. No. Bitch! Lester! He's up there beyond the draw. Bitch, get Orville on the radio. Tell him to get out of here with his damn dogs right away. Now, Orville with his dogs. Orville was his father figure in his life. He was adopted by the family. So Orville is actually his, like, sort of stepfather. He was raised by Orville. Yeah, in the book or something? Yeah, like, how do we book. know that? It's in the book. Okay. It's a big backstory in the book. And, of course, the book can just flush out things that a, a movie can. It's only an hour and a half movie, right? You only have so much time. He dies in the book. He doesn't die in the in the movie. In fact, I should let you know, Kyle, because I've read. The, I don't think you've read the book, but yeah, everyone dies in the book. All the cops die. <laughs> he, Rambo kills everybody. Wow. Yeah, and in fact, Rambo gets so killed he, in the book. By the way, that's how it should be. To be honest. Well, they did it. They filmed it that way, and you can actually go on YouTube and see the alternate ending of Rambo dying, and test audiences did not approve. You want a feel-good movie, but sometimes a tragedy is more artistic. Well, I think we'd get that today. We'd get that today, but 1982 audiences 40 years ago, like, no, 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 this guy's Rocky. You don't kill this guy, and that's what it was. They were mad that Stallone died on screen. 
Yeah, I get it. Now, but nowadays you kill Iron Man or whatever, it doesn't matter. But back then it was a big thing. But now characters dying is, I wouldn't say it's commonplace, but it's not as shocking anymore to have characters die. But back then it really, it kind of was. You don't kill Dirty Harry. That's their philosophy back then. They suck. No offense, people of the <laughs> you, test audiences, you suck. Don't worry, all those test audience people are probably dead now. <laughs> yeah, go f- yourself, test audience. <laughs> Tell them to bring the Dobermans. It's gonna rain. We'll need dogs that can hunt on sight. Right. So I guess is that something we've learned? Dobermans can hunt on sight, not smell. Yeah, I don't know what that means exactly. Yeah, dogs. I was thinking that before he said the dogs thing when I was watching this. I'm like. Yeah, humans aren't going to be able to do this. You got to get the dogs in there. They're the best. They'll hunt him down so fast. Oh, yeah. And, and they do. They, and they do. Tell Ball to get out to the lumber camp. Tell him to get the helicopter up here. So I guess the lumber camp has a helicopter. Why would that be? I'm, I'm trying to figure out why the lumber camp has a helicopter. Was that not a police helicopter, though? I guess... It's he says right there. Go out to the tell, tell Galt call the lumber camp. We need their helicopter, and they, if they give you any crap about it, let them know. Even like a city, like the city I live in, is over a million people, and I think we have like one or two police helicopters. It's not like, a police copter. Yeah, so like a little town like Hope here for sure wouldn't have a, a helicopter. Now that I'm thinking about it, their big export would probably be bee lumber. I mean, you know. Pacific Northwest. My guess would be if it is a helicopter at the lumber camp, it's either for medical emergencies or just transportation for the crew to and from where they need to work. Yeah, that's probably for sure. If they give him any shit, tell him to cite him for obstruction right on the spot. Look at him. No problem. So now he's putting on his canvas jacket. It's like level 10 armor in the beginning of a video game. Yeah, exactly. So now we got a sequence of just Rambo getting higher and higher, trying to get further and further away from, of course, where Teasel and the cops are. Sly doing his climb there. Good stuff. And that's him. Yep. I would, I would believe Thunder, that. Let's get it. So a couple of the dogs' names of Orville here are Duke and Thunder. Yeah, it's amazing how well certain dogs can smell. I don't know about Dobermans. No, they hunt on sight, Those apparently. I got, a, I got a Wikipedia of that, but apparently Dobermans hunt on sight, not smell. That's what he was saying. Whatever that means. There are some dogs that can smell human skin cells that come out of the air conditioning system of a car as it's driving. Well, that's insane. And just this is a, a nerdy fact. Bear's sense of smell is like several times magnitude better than those dogs. Wow. (laughs) A bear can smell you from like several miles away. It's insane. Humans, we have super bad senses of smell for most animals. I think my smell is, I'm one of those, I have a strong sense of smell for a human. I find mine, I can smell things before other people do in the house or something. Flowers, it won't be long before you have this one stuffed and mounted, huh, Will? So they're, they're talking about hunting ideas here. It won't be long before you have this guy stuffed and mounted. How huh, will make him into a bear rug? Yeah, these guys seem really chill. This is probably the most exciting thing it has or ever will happen in their entire police career in this town. It's probably super boring to be a police officer in Hope, Washington here. Yeah, they have a pretty big force for a small town if you think about it. There's a lot of guys on shift at this time. Middle. Like This is the day shift, but they have like 10 guys ready to go. Maybe once the police station got tore up, they called everyone. It's like, you're coming up. Get dressed. Yeah, the only people that aren't like, being chill, really, are Teasel and Galt. 
they understand the seriousness of this guy. But you think these other guys would be a little bit less chill considering they've just been assaulted by this guy. This guy is no joke. Yeah, I think their guns give them the false sense of confidence. Mm. It's like, oh, you caught us by surprise, but now I got like a long rifle. You're f- bear rug. Didn't we go deer hunting up here last year? Yeah, I got a couple bucks last year. Yeah, I'll shoot anything. Hey, Mitch, up the hill. So yeah, they're just you know, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I've been out here before. Yeah, I've, I've hunted up here before. The guys, you're hunting in a refuge, sorry, an escaped convict here, and you're just chilling about your hunting days, talking about. Oh, I think I've hunted in this area, but so they're acting really relaxed and like this is our turf. We'll get this guy. We'll get him in a couple hours. Yeah. A couple hours. Which I think for most cases that would happen. Like this is like an exceptional circumstance. Sure. I think most people on the run, it's just a matter of time. And it's kind of like some cool excitement and drama that's coming into your otherwise fairly quiet and boring life. Now here's the classic scene here. So he pulls out the knife and he undoes the top. This was the you know the famous Rambo knife. And a Sly, along with creator of this uh, a weapon, I think his name was okay, Jimmy Lyle. So the, the creator of the knife, his name is Jimmy Lyle, and he was like a knife, very famous knife creator. He actually passed away in 91, so quite a long time ago. But he and Sly created this knife for the film. Sly said that inside the knife was truly they had a compass. So that's what you're going to see right now. You're going to see Rambo looking at the compass, you know, on the knife. And inside the hollow of the shaft was like a fishing hook, needle and thread. Many knives themselves were in there as well. The idea was that this was truly a survival knife that you could do a variety, a variety of damage with this knife. Hey, your Mickey impression has gotten a lot better. Oh, I'll, I'll stop there. I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> Go on a high note. <laughs> Now, I'm not too sure what direction he thinks he needs to go in, other than away from the barking dog. So, but anyways, he, he gets his directions, but he hears the dogs barking. Like, well, they're over there. I'm going to go this way. <laughs> All the same. Just keep getting further away is what I'd recommend. But I think it's just to showcase the knife that it has a compass. It's a big deal back then in the 80s. Jesus, keep those dogs away from me. Oh, I don't trust those bastards. They keep moving. My dog's going to eat and run at the same time. Straight to the top. <laughs> The cops like keep those dogs away from me. He goes, oh no, they'll keep moving. They can eat and run at the same time. Well, he said he told that guy in front of him to keep moving because the dogs can eat and run at the same time. Oh, I at least see. that's what I think. Yeah. So they'll eat you up and <laughs> keep going. Yeah, yeah. I got you. <laughs> that guy's a good sense of humor. I like him. Yeah, Orville the movie is so much different than the book. In the book, he's much more serious and forlorn and does not like what he's doing here, chasing this guy, and uh, his dogs get killed by Rambo. In fact, the dogs get killed in this film funny enough there are victims in the film rambo doesn't kill any cops in this film but he does kill the dogs that sucks yeah well you can't talk a dog out right like because he maims the humans if you think about it but I mean, if you can't really maim a dog i don't know what's worse but yeah oh well i 100 percent kill a dog if it attacked me <laughs> and i had that knife it's like i wouldn't go out to kill it for no reason but it was like in self-defense the dogs were sent after to tear up and those are doman pincers and they would torn any human up but it just shows you yeah, Ramble's ability to fight. He kills the dogs in quick order off screen, but yeah. Oh, this supposed to be dangerous? He's just dumb. They're underestimating Ramble. They're saying he's dumb. Move. Higher and higher ground goes John Ramble. Whoa, whoa. Spoiling the set. Let my baby do the job. Go ahead. I'm trailing you. This is no good. Why? There were three of us on him in the cell block down there. He went through us like we weren't even there. 
Hey, is that uh, David Caruso? Yes. Said, yes. Okay, that was him. All right. Yeah, it's David Caruso. Uh, I'm, such a, I'm such a rookie when it comes to these films. I'm probably oh, getting the, laughed at. No, don't worry. That's no, okay. We got a whole bunch of different perspectives come on the show, and we like that. Not everyone has to be a freaking nerd about this. In fact, we always say this podcast, like the Rocket one, isn't about just spilling out a bunch of information, though I try to do that. The idea is it's it's a fan watch. It's a fun fan watch. It's The idea is just we're having fun watching the film. I mean, people can Google all they want about behind-the-scenes stuff, too. Now, this sequence here, right there with him hitting the tree, he actually hurt his shoulder doing that, apparently. It's, this is the first scene that was filmed for the film, was this sequence here. Oh. It's, oddly enough, it's just chasing the forest, but him being hit by that tree, that was actually the first thing he filmed. Now, of course, this is an incredible sequence. No CGI, no blue screen. This is Sly getting to the edge of this cliff. And there's a great shot where it's going to be over the headshot of Sly looking down over the cliff. Now, what you don't see is tied to his leg is a rope. That's all he had for a safety device. So he said had he fallen over, it would have just been like what you think. He falls over and he just slams against the rock face. But it's a real shot of him against the cliff. And it's His foot is tied for safety. <laughs> That's scary. And then you'll see the shot coming up. Right there. That's a great shot. If you fall, there is a 100% chance. I shouldn't say 100 because of what happens. But generally, though, you're going to think to yourself, "There's if I fall, I'm for sure going to die. <laughs> yes. Side note here, I went on a hike in Alaska on my last sail. We had a port stop in Alaska. And we went on a hike. And it was just like, oh, sure, I'll go on like a little nature hike or whatever. And we went up high into these, basically it was a mountain. And to the right of me was this kind of cliff work here. And to the left of me was a rolling hill. And I was scared to death because the pathway gave you very, it was so close to the edge that had I decided I could have just leaped off the edge, but I had no way to go. I had to go through this trail and it was a very disconcert. I don't know how to explain it, but it was like, I, I know, I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. yeah. Anyone who's been in anything like that knows. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm this close to death. One faults, like if I tumbled, trip. So yeah. I was so scared that I actually crawled half of the trail. I crawled it. I was like, I'm not walking. I don't trust myself to walk this trail. I did. I went on all fours because I didn't want to topple over. Uh, that's your brain making sure you don't die. It's heights like that, man. No thanks. So that's a great shot there. Sly looking over that edge. Great scenery. Great shot. Very, aesthetic, very aesthetically pleasing looking film. <gasps> Right there. I love that shot right there. BC is a gorgeous place. I know this is supposed to be Washington, but... That's fine. We'll stop it there. That's good. The next episode will be, of course, the famous cliff jump. Yeah, and we'll talk about who did what in that sequence. There's some discrepancy of, you know, how much was it Sly, how much was the stunt double, because there's a bit of both. So we'll talk about that in the next episode. I want to thank everyone who's joined us today. Thank you so much, Kyle, for coming, being a part of this journey and coming on the show today. It was my pleasure, and I'd love to come back sometime. Well, you will. we got four more films at the very least, so if you're not on again this season, you'll be on for the other seasons as well, so thank you so much. I for sure want to be on for Rambo 2. That is a special place in my heart, just because it's the first one I ever saw. Of course. So that's it, Kyle. The, uh, the episode's over. Nothing is over. Nothing! You just can't turn it off. <laughs>